0: Dave Conversation Crack and the Music You Love. Today FM It all happens here. Today
1: FM Our next guest was told by Louis Walsh that no one is going to read his book. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to prove Louis wrong. Michael Cragg spent years as an indie fan hiding a closeted love for the glorious days of pop. And now has spoken to all of the people who made it happen in a brand new book. Reach for the stars 1996 to 2006 Fame, Fallout and Pop's Final Party. He's on the line. Michael, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Uh, We'll start off with uh, the Louis Walsh thing we mentioned there. So he said no, he was going to
2: read this book and he was a bit tetchy on the phone, was he? Uh,
0: Yes, I would say tetchy is a good word. Uh, Yes, I had 10 minutes with Louis on the phone um, and yeah, that's how he started the interview. (laughs) Why do you Uh, think he
2: was so negative about what's turned out to be an absolutely brilliant book with amazing insights into the world? pop
0: well to be fair to him i think he probably does get asked to contribute to something like this quite often and then i think it just sort of never reaches him or he doesn't really ever hear about it again so i think that's what he was getting at but you know it was it was a difficult start to the conversation but actually once we got going he was he was fine and very louis walsh <laughs> which is exactly what i wanted
1: <laughs> well what specifically did you want to know about louis walsh in terms of the bands that he's worked with
0: well i just wanted him to sort of reflect on obviously being such a key part of this sort of wave of pop and specifically boy bands because he'd obviously worked with boyzone and and westlife and so i wanted him to sort of just talk about why boy bands are so important or why he sort of loves working with them but actually he was a bit like well you journalists always try to overthink these things it's just sort of five good-looking guys who can sing the end and I was like okay great Um, so that was very Louis of him actually to just be like look it works I know what works I know what people like I know what they want to listen to me and Simon Cowell know what we're doing the end
1: Well, they're the successful ones. Your books actually spans a very interesting decade and it's 96 to 2006. And I guess there's been a lot of stuff about 80s pop and even 90s pop as a whole. But this is a really interesting time because you see the rise of huge boy bands and girl bands in pop. But you also see the rise and very quick fall of other ones. Did you get an insight into the why the boy bands or girl bands that were out there for a while didn't make it?
0: yeah i mean i think it is the sort of x factor as it were that came later it is something to do with that it is the people in the bands it is how they sort of gelled together the chemistry but i guess it is ultimately the songs and that's why i wanted the book to also reflect on the music because although some of it wasn't great necessarily and obviously people at the time were quite sort of sniffy about it there was an amazing amount of really great pop songs in this period so i wanted to have that but I guess once the Spice Girls kicked in and were hugely successful, and obviously Take That had been successful, so boy bands sort of continued in this period. Once that really kicked in, every label was like, right, let's do a girl band, let's do a boy band, let's do a mixed gender band, like Steps and S Club 7, let's really sort of capitalize. But obviously there's only so much that people can kind of take. And obviously people were very loyal to the bands that they liked and they wouldn't necessarily like all saints if they liked the spice girls and you know all of that would happen and territorially and also you know there were a lot of magazines and a lot of tv shows but there were also sort of only so much money fans could spend at smiths or woolies to get like the albums and the singles and so some yeah it didn't last very long but i think
1: think a band's if you like didn't... a1 card in the Middle, oh,
0: song i mean that story is quite different because they were put together as songwriters it wasn't that they wanted sort of four or five models and you know one of them could sing they wanted like people that could all write so the idea was they would be this sort of all writing all singing all dancing boy band and then they had this kind of tragedy that happened in indonesia when some of their fans died in a crush because they were so big there and they were at this like mall and some fans you know tragically lost their lives and so they had to they wanted to honor them and so they took time off which is a tradition there and so they didn't write or record or do anything for a while and back then you couldn't really do that you had mm. to keep going you had to keep sort of producing stuff and that's when they came back with caught in the middle which is incredible but it was very different to what they had done before and i think maybe their fans weren't quite ready to go there with them at that point but yeah each each band had a slightly different story to tell.
2: You're preaching to the converted here because uh, before I worked in radio writing songs for pop bands was literally how I made a living and it's one of my favourite things and it's exactly in smack bang in the middle of this era. I began in 1997 and kind of finished up in 2002 uh, so yeah that's what's what I did and a lot of the bands the Irish bands uh, would have began their careers in my uh, little studio and then gone on to, to kind of you know find their Conversations with record labels after they, they had initially kind of done a little bit with me. So it's amazing to see this documented in such a massively uh, well-written and put-together book and see all this stuff. Did you notice any correlation between bands that were bands before they got management and uh, a record label deal or bands that were put together by managers in in commas, a more cynical way of doing it? But did you find any kind of correlation between like being your own band already and then being successful or was did it matter?
0: I mean, Steps were not together before this happened, but I think their story is quite interesting because they almost were like an independent pop act. You know, they were sort of doing the kind of scene of like going to different things and Pete Waterman only sort of signed them on like a one single deal and it was a bit like novelty and you'll just do five, six, seven, eight and it will be fine and that's the last we'll hear of you. Mm. But they actually sort of plugged away a bit more. They sort of did their things off their own back. They were a bit sort of, bit more savvy with money because they were slightly older and they'd had jobs before and so they weren't as kind of like right if we're going to do this this is going to cost us this amount of money whereas a lot of the other acts who were sort of promised one million dollar record deals and put together by a label in a sort of shiny office were a bit more like oh okay this is this is the life now and i don't think they always Lasted as long or made as much money, maybe, yeah. as the others did.
1: Uh, where there is pop, there will be partying. And you've got loads mm. of great stories in the book about <laughs> particularly people trying to make it onto Saturday morning television, which was often one of their main outlets mm. for publicity for a, that went direct to their audience. Uh, but a lot of the time, they weren't in great shape. Um, could you take us through some of your favorites?
0: I mean, my absolute favorite is Nadine from Girls Aloud having to be injected. Uh, with a muscle relaxant to stop her throwing up whilst <laughs> filming um, ITV's Mania, yeah. I'm not entirely sure why they thought that was a good idea, but she says that all that it meant was that she just threw up incredibly relaxed. So <laughs> oh, I don't think that <laughs>
1: works. <God. laughs> so, <Blair. yeah. laughs> That's my favourite. <laughs> with all your wonderful perspective, where do you think pop is now?
0: Where is pop now? I mean, it is so different because obviously streaming pop as in popular is not a phrase used as much now if you know what I mean like back then pop was whatever was hugely popular and you knew how popular you were because you were in the top 10 and that's where you had to be each week with each release whereas now you can be someone like Charlie XCX or Carly Ray Jepsen or all these pop stars and not necessarily be having like the biggest hits but you can be popular in many other ways and also it's, it feels a bit heavier now maybe you know you write about your mental health and you write about darker topics perhaps so it's gone through a wave of that especially when you compare it to sort of reach for the stars climb every mountain higher five six seven eight yeah yeah five six seven eight you know we're not we're not there not there
2: now yeah but you're right it's just it is a a deeper place now so maybe it will eventually come back
0: around and we can get back to the cheesy pop exactly I mean everyone loves cheese so well with the amount
1: of reunions people are definitely <laughs> hankering for the cheese Yeah. yeah. so there just yeah. hasn't been any new cheese no, <laughs> not we need much new cheese yes. and no stale cheese old cheese, cheese is but the yeah. best
2: cheese <laughs> uh, yes. Michael it's fascinating to talk to you thank you for writing this book it is absolutely well, brilliant for someone uh, who's as into the poppy cheesy stuff as I am to go through all this <laughs> so thank you and to all my cheese uh, lovers who are listening in because uh, we do yes. a thing on the show called cheese and crackers where I pick the cheesy pop Durham picks the cracking rock tunes
1: and people decide which one wins And Yeah I, but you know oh, Dave whoa. that every Cracker fan Michael always has a few guilty pleasures That's in the true. back pocket That's true We just don't yes. shout it too loud
0: And we have to abolish guilty pleasure I think as a term So let's just get rid of that Just a pleasure but, Just a pleasure yeah, yeah it's just a pleasure Don't feel bad about it It's fine uh, Michael Craig author of Reach for <laughs> the Stars Thank you so much for joining us today Thank you for having me. Bye. Take care. Bye. Daryl and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.